For those of you who are online, welcome and join in joining us for Next Gen Service. We're glad you made time to be with us today. Uh, throughout the whole year, through the whole pandemic, we are thankful to God for your faithful attendance. And we encourage you to join a grace group if you haven't, because you shouldn't be doing church or doing life alone. Now, last week, we learned that our labor is not in vain. And we learned that our rewards are not determined by fame, but by faithfulness. So once again, to all volunteers and leaders, thank you for serving Grace this year. Really, really thank you very much. Shall we give them another hand? Thank you to all the volunteers. You started that journey in faith in January, and you stayed faithful until the very end. We thank God for you. And last week, uh, the staff team at Grace Assembly, we went to Johor Bahru for our staff work plan retreat. I think the picture should come out soon of what we did over there. And it was our first time overseas together since January 2020. And we had a great time bonding together as a star family. We, we worshipped, we prayed, we envisioned, we ate, and we even raced together. On the first day in the afternoon, we went go-karting. And I discovered that I am a rather reckless go-kart driver. In our final race together, I started well. And I got into a 10-second lead. That's a pretty long lead, right? 10-second lead. And the longer I raced, the more confident I was of comfortably finish first, finishing first. I did not make a single mistake, and I did not hit any barrier. So after 10 laps, I was ready to summon my inner Hamilton for the final 500 meters and for that podium finish. Until I oversteered on a key turn. I hit a barrier, and I came to a complete stop. And then I needed a marshal to come and help me. So my sore loser excuse is that he took 15 seconds to walk to me to set me free. By then, some go-karts had already taken me. And I knew at a point in time that my race was over. I started well, but one mistake was all it took to derail me. So I ended up finishing... <sighs> Third, I was 1.5 seconds off first, and I had no mood to take a picture of the race results. And I begrudgingly congratulated the winner, whom I shall not name, because I have competitive sore loser issues. Now, you know that I'm kidding, not kidding. But maybe some of you, you can relate to my go-kart experience. How did you start your race in 2022? Do you know that we are 29 days from Christmas? And we are just 36 days from 2023. That is 10% of the year left. Was there something that God prompted you to do at the beginning of this year? Or even from years ago? Are you staying faithful to that assignment? Or have you given up? How can we stay faithful to what God has called us to do? Until the very end. Now you see, there is a story in Acts chapter 6 and 7 that shows us what faithfulness until the very end looks like. And faithfulness is what we do with our faith. Faithfulness is what we do with our faith. And we can learn two lessons about faithfulness through the life and death of Stephen. So here's my big idea. God helps us to stay faithful to what He has called us to do. Let me say that again. God helps us to stay faithful to what He has called us to do. The title of this message is Until the Very End. 
until the very end. Turn to someone beside you and tell him faith or tell her faith. And if they are called faith, that's great, right? And for those of you who are online, why don't you type out faithful? Okay, I've titled this sermon until the very end, but right now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, bring to our minds what you have called us to do this year or in the years gone by. As we arrive at the end of 2022, help us to perceive how we have stayed faithful to what you have called us to do. Open our hearts to learn from your word and strengthen our faith in you to help us stay faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Very quickly, the first lesson that we have from Acts chapter 6 and 7 is every faith journey commences with obedience. Every faith journey commences with obedience. And I'm reading from Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. So this is what the Word of God says in the ESV. Now in those days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Verse 5, And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Now we see some problems here in Acts chapter 6. As the disciples were increasing in numbers, the disciples, or as the disciples increased in numbers, the apostles, they were decreasing in their effectiveness in preaching God's word. So what did they do? They picked out seven men to solve this problem. And these seven men were to feed and to care for neglected widows who couldn't give much back. But the bigger problem here was that of inequity. The Hellenists complained to the apostles that their widows were being overlooked in the daily food distribution. Now, who were the Hellenists? The early church generally contained two groups of Jews. The Hellenist Jews, who spoke in Greek and they were raised in Greek culture, and the Hebrews, who spoke in Aramaic. So you can see that their differences in language and culture became apparent when both groups joined the growing number of disciples in following Jesus. So as a result, the Hebrews who spoke Aramaic perceived the Hellenists who spoke Greek to be more pagan, more secular, right? And, and, and they were more worldly than the Hebrews. It was almost as if the Hebrews perceived the Hellenists to, have, to be lesser in spiritual standing. So one of the seven men um, who was tasked with this food distribution project was called Stephen. Who was Stephen? And why was his appointment significant? So Stephen, you see, was a Hellenistic Jew and not a Hebrew. How do I know this? Because having a Greek name like Stephen, okay, uh, provided an obvious clue to his background. And not just that, but Acts chapter 6, verse 5 and verse 8, it described Stephen as full of faith and the Holy Spirit, full of grace and power. And the Bible also described that Stephen performed great wonders and signs. Now, the author of Acts used these phrases to endorse Stephen's spiritual credibility. These phrases are usually used on someone who, who, who was called by God to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is this, as Jesus, who as God incarnate, died on the cross and rose again to bring people back to God's family. 
That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, and that's what Stephen would eventually do because some of us here, you're familiar with his story, you will know that in chapter 7, he went on to preach the gospel. Now, here is where it gets really interesting. Acts chapter 6, verse 9, tells us that there were different groups of people who rose up and disputed with Stephen. And some of these uh, people, they belonged to the synagogue of the free men, the, Sir, the Cyrenians, the Alexandrians, and those from Cil Cilicia and Asia. So who are these people? Some scholars believe that they were Jews scattered across Rome, Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and Asia Minor. Now this is noteworthy because Tarsus, right? Some of you will be like, Tarsus sounds familiar. Where Paul previously Saul, okay? Tarsus was where Saul was from, and Saul would be later introduced at the end of chapter 7. And Tarsus was located in Cilicia. So this provided an insight into their hostility towards Stephen, who was a Hellenistic Jew. Now furthermore, in Acts chapter 6, verse 10, it tells us that these groups of people, they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen was speaking. So imagine you are an Aramaic Jew, you are Hebrew, right? And you are now raging against this guy who you perceive as more secular, telling you things that the Holy Spirit revealed to him, and you're like, you have nothing to say against him. And so imagine they are rage against Stephen. So despite the logistical challenge and hostile opposition, Stephen, he stepped up in obedience as a response to his faith in God. He stepped up as a response, he stepped up in obedience as a response to his faith in God. And Stephen's faithfulness to serve this way demonstrated his true faith in God. Now, most of us know how Stephen's story ended. But Stephen had no idea what was coming his way when he began his faith journey in obedience. Yes, everyone starts out their walk with God by faith. However, while it is one thing to believe in God, it is another to stay faithful to God. While it is one thing to believe in God, it is another to stay faithful to God. And many of you here, you have obediently begun your faith journey of doing something for God. Be it in a new school, be it taking on new work appointments, be it serving in different ministries, or even assuming unfamiliar responsibilities in your family. And I will say, well done. You've done well in starting your faith journey in obedience. Our faith in God grows when we stay faithful to what God has called us to do. I say that again, our faith in God grows when we stay faithful to what God has called us to do. Why? Because we depend on God to help us overcome challenges and adversity. That's why our faith would grow. And so Stephen, he started his faith journey in obedience. He started, he counted the, the personal costs and he considered the challenges and the adversities and the resistance ahead. Yet, it did not deter him because his obedience was rooted in his faith in God. So now, the widows are fed and the apostles are preaching more. The outcome of what this arrangement has done speaks for itself in Acts chapter 6, verse 7. This is what it says, the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. 
So as Stephen fed widows, and as the disciples preached more, and we read that many priests came to obedience in following Jesus. Imagine what that did for Stephen's faith in God. He stayed faithful to what God called him to do, and the effect was that he became even more resolute in staying faithful to what God would call him to do next. Now, let me take a moment to address all of us here. How did you start your walk with God? How do you start out on your walk with God? How did you begin serving God? For those of you here who are married, how did you start your marriage? For some of you here who have children, how did you begin your parenting journey? What about those of you who are in school, working in the marketplace or even serving in church? What was it like when you started that faith journey in doing something for God in obedience? And more importantly, where are you right now in that faith journey? Have you gone off track? Have you become discouraged, complacent, or disillusioned? If you have struggled to stay faithful to what God has called you to do, especially with 2022 ending, today is a good opportunity for you to come before God to acknowledge your failures, your inadequacies, and how far off the mark you are, or how difficult and rough and overwhelming 2022 has been. Today is also a good time for you to realign with God. So let's get right with God and ask Him to help us stay faithful to Him in 2023. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22-23, it tells us about the greatness of God's faithfulness and that His mercies are available every morning and these mercies never come to an end. That's why we must always ask God to help us to stay faithful to what He has called us to do because the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So the first lesson today is this. Every faith journey commences with obedience. Turn to someone beside you and tell that person, obey. And for those of you online, type out, stay faithful. Now here's the reality, my friends. Staying faithful isn't easy. Staying faithful isn't easy. Whenever we face difficulties, some of us, we are prone to blame others. Some of us are prone to avoid hardship. And some of us are prone to quit the challenge altogether. That is why staying faithful to do what God has called us to do requires God's help. So this leads me to my second and final point, which is every faith journey continues despite opposition. Every faith journey continues despite opposition. Stephen was faithfully doing his duties until he faced opposition from different groups of Jews. His faith journey continued despite opposition. So let's see what happened in Acts chapter 6, verse 11 to 14. Then they, which are the groups of people that opposed him, they secretly instigated men who said, like fake news, right? We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. Then, and they set up false witnesses and said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth 
will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. It's really fierce, these accusations. But what these men or what these Jews didn't know about Stephen was that he was resolute to stay faithful to what God has called him to do. So Stephen, he responded to these allegations by preaching a sermon on how the Jews had responded to God in their history. So in Stephen's one and only speech, we find some phrases that may bring us some flashbacks of the supernatural realm worldview. Now, for those of you who have just joined us, or if you want a refresher of this worldview, this particular QR code will bring you to our Supernatural Realm sermon series back in quarter one, 2021. So essentially, Stephen, in his speech, okay, one chapter only, he reminded his accusers in chapter 7, verse 40, okay, of how Jews, they worship lesser gods. And, and the Old Testament calls these lesser gods Elohim. And they actually didn't just worship these lesser gods, but in verse 41, they even offered sacrifices to an idol. And in these lesser gods, they even named these Elohim, or these lesser gods, in verse 43. And most significantly in verse 42, when Stephen said that God turned away and gave them over to worship the host of heaven, Stephen was making a direct reference to the Deuteronomy 32 worldview. And this was when God disinherited the nations because His people chose to worship other divine beings even though these divine beings are not God and even when these divine beings are lesser gods. So that's why God was so angry with them. And so what Stephen told them in Acts 7 was what Moses told the people in Deuteronomy 32. That God cut Himself off from the Israelites as a judgment for their rebellion and rejection of Him. Now, sadly, these people in Acts 7, or, or these Jews okay, throughout history, they have repeatedly committed this mistake of rebelling against and rejecting God throughout their history. So think about it. This, for the Jews, it was an extremely tough message to hear. Don't you think so? You're reminded that you, you, know, you, you have been failing and rejecting God throughout, but think about it from Stephen's point of view. It was also an equally tough message to preach. Really tough. And yet, Stephen continued his faith journey despite facing real opposition, despite facing spiritual resistance, and despite facing certain hostility. So up to this point in Acts chapter 7, Stephen was telling them, I paraphrase, you are turning away from Yahweh again. And this time, you're turning away from Yahweh in the form of Jesus, who is God in flesh. Recently, you even crucified Him. And now, you are doing the exact same thing that your Jewish ancestors did. Look, guys, Jesus is your final hope. If you still reject God's plan of bringing His people back to Himself through Jesus, game over. That's what Stephen was telling the people. It took a lot of faith in God to deliver such a hard message. But Stephen, he was unfazed. He was led by the Spirit to expose their opposition to God. And he finished preaching his sermon with a fiery conclusion in Acts chapter 7, verse 51 to 52. Just when you thought, you know, he called out everything, he started scolding them. He said this, 
you stiff-necked people. Can you imagine if I, I did that to you? Eugene, you, you stiff-necked person, you... Can you imagine doing that? And Stefan was doing that. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, who is Jesus, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. So imagine if you are there with Stephen, being rebuked by Stephen. Stephen was essentially rebuking the folks and saying, instead of Yahweh being your king, your forefathers turned to worship lower-tiered divine beings who didn't even have much power to begin with. That's why God disinherited them and gave them over to lesser gods to worship back then. And yet today, you haven't learned that lesson with Jesus right before your eyes, walking among you. You Jews, you are just as bad, if not worse, than your ancestors. I think quite fierce, right? It's quite fierce. And with this, Stephen preached. Stephen finished preaching his first his last and the very best sermon of his life. One sermon. He's a one-sermon man. Because he knew that once he was done with the sermon, he would be with God. We find out what happened in Acts chapter 7, verse 54 onwards. Now, when the people heard these things, they were enraged. And they ground their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they, the people, they cried out with a loud voice. You know how childish that, that, that is? Stephen was releasing a vision. They were, yeah. Childish, right? They, they covered their ears, they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and they rushed at him. And then they cast him out of the city and stoned him for preaching a sermon that they did not want to hear. Now, scriptures consistently describe Jesus seated at the right hand of God. So it's really interesting when Acts chapter 7, verse 55 to 56 describe how Stephen saw and then he reported. Jesus standing, not sitting, at the right hand of God. And maybe you've heard some preachers interpret this scene as Stephen receiving a standing ovation from Jesus and personally welcoming him to heaven. But if we do a careful examination of his words, we will see the full picture and why their reaction towards Stephen was so violent. It is probably because these Jews remembered Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 13. The Lord has taken His place to contend. He stands to judge peoples. And this gives us an insight into what it means for God to stand. Now, another thing for the Jews was that it was outrageous for, 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 for them to hear that Stephen said he saw Jesus. Why? Because this is the Jesus they had just rejected and crucified. So they were already boiling. First, you say, God is standing. Then after that, you say, you saw Jesus. And this is the ultimate. Stephen said that he saw Jesus standing with God in a place of divine authority. That was it for them. 
they, they, they lost their minds after that because in their minds, Stephen was absolutely blaspheming. So, Stephen was able to continue his faith journey and to stay faithful to God, to, to what he was called to do, because uh, despite the opposition he faced. Why? Why was he able to do that? Because he kept his eyes on Jesus who called him and not on his circumstances. Stephen stayed faithful until the very end because he knew that he would not finish his journey alone. Jesus was there with him every step of the way. In our faith journey to do what God has called us to do, we will face opposition. We will face obstacles. We will face even isolation. And in those moments, we must fix our eyes on Jesus just like Stephen did. Don't lose sight of Jesus when you serve God. Stephen stayed faithful to what God called him to do. Firstly, he didn't waver in his faith when he faced difficulties in feeding widows. And then secondly, in isolation and danger, Stephen became even more resolute when he delivered that speech that eventually caused him to be the first martyr for his faith. Stephen commenced his faith journey in obedience to God and he continued that faith journey despite opposition, even to the point of death. So next gen, instead of giving up, ask God for strength. What God has called you to do, don't give up. Ask God for strength to help you see it through. In your weakness, God is strong. In your inadequacies, God is enough. And when you are alone, God is there. What has God called you to do? Don't give in. Ask God to teach you to lean in and to surrender to Him. Don't give away your progress. Ask God to help you to persevere through pain. What has God called you to do, my friends? Every faith journey, every single faith journey that commences in obedience must continue despite opposition. Is there anyone among us who has not faced setbacks or adversities as we stay faithful to what God has called us to do? Hardly anyone. All of us have faced something as we serve Him, as we do what He has called us to do. But God will not leave us alone and will help us. Psalm 46 verse 1, it tells us that God is our refuge and our strength. And He is a very present help in trouble. So yes, God helps us to stay faithful to what He has called us to do. And He will help us from the very beginning until the very end. So would you turn to someone again and tell that person from start to end. Come on, say with conviction, from start to end. And if you're online, you can type it out as well, from start to end. Now, you know, on the final morning at this staff work plan retreat, Pastor Wilson gave an altar call. Uh, this is uh, all the Grace Assembly staff who were at the retreat. God, uh, this, uh, we, 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 gave, we were given an altar call, and Pastor Wilson gave two specific altar calls, one for strength and one for woundedness. So I responded to the one for strength 
because I knew that next year, in 2023, there'll be a lot of challenges that I'll face in the ministry. So after I, I, I went to the altar and after seeking God for a while, I got up and I saw Aaron, and he should be at Bukit Batok right now. I saw Aaron, he was, you know, at the back of the hall, at the back of the altar area, and he was kneeling down in response. And so I went up to him and I knelt beside him and I prayed for him. But before I, I opened my mouth, I asked God for a word for him. That's what I normally do when I'm at the altar. And I put my arm around him a bit and I, and I waited a while before I prayed. So in those seconds that I put my arm around him and I asked uh, God, God, give me a word for Aaron, God impressed upon my heart a phrase I would have never considered using in normal circumstances. Never. And God gave me these four words. <sighs> he put in my heart, you never walk alone. <laughs> and as I received the word with my arms around him, I told God, God, you've got to be kidding me. No. Don't make me say it. There has to be a better way to thesaurus you never walk alone. Like, for example, maybe you, I can say, Aaron, we will be united in Nexus. And then the Lord put in my heart, no, son, say it. Aaron needs to hear it. And I was like, okay, fine. This is not me. This is all you. And so I shall obey. And so I actually said this to Aaron. I put my arm around him, remember? And I said, this is actually what I said, huh? Okay, bro. You know, you, you thought you opened up with like praying in tongues or Heavenly Father. No, no, no. I said this, I put my arm around and I said, okay, bro, I, I really don't want to say this. And you will never again hear these words coming out of my mouth. But this specific phrase is what I sense the Lord put in my heart, especially for you. And then I said, you never walk alone. <laughs> and I, I elaborated on it and I said, you were never alone in the past and you won't be alone in 2023 because God has been with you, God is with you, and God will be with you, son. So 90% of me died at the altar. <laughs> and 10% of me could feel Aaron sobbing away uncontrollably like the way he sobbed away at his wedding speech. And then I opened my eyes after praying with him, and I saw that, you know, he was kneeling down in his pants area here, they were soaked in tears. And I was like, God, this is on you. I don't know what's going on, but I thank you, God, that you didn't make me sing these four dreaded words. So after, after, after service, we processed as a team what happened at the altar call. And then Aaron shared with us that he had been feeling a real sense of personal inadequacy throughout the retreat, for what's to come in 2023. He was wrestling with God at the same altar, and the last words he told God before a certain United fan knelt beside him were, and he said this to God, God, I feel so alone. God was helping and strengthening Aaron. Don't you think so? In the most unlikeliest person to do it, God used someone to strengthen Aaron, to help him and to tell him that he won't be alone. And you know what? God will do likewise for you. God will do likewise for you. 
So next gen, like Stephen, like Aaron, and like many others who have gone before you in this faith journey, God will never leave you nor forsake you because He is with you every single step of the way as you commence your faith journey and as you continue to do what He has called you to do. So what has God called you to do? Or what has God called you to continue doing? Are you fading out after starting your faith journey? Are you struggling to stay faithful because of the opposition you are facing? Remember, God wants to help you stay faithful to what He has called you to do. God is at work in your life and still at work in your faith journey. So look to God. God is more invested than anyone else to help you. And God wants to help you until the very end. God wants to help you in your walk with Him. And maybe today, some of you need to get right with God and to restart. Have you been putting your faith in yourself or have you been putting in faith in God to help you stay faithful? God wants to help you to the very end in your family. I want to remind all of us that you are irreplaceable to your parents, your grandparents, your siblings. And for those of you who have children, you are irreplaceable to them. How will you ask God to help you leave behind a spiritual legacy for your loved ones? God wants to help you stay faithful in your ministry. You are a part of a team and you can't be apart from that team. So how can God help you stay on to become that team player? God wants to help you to the very end in your community. Grace is more than just a building, but a spiritual family. How can you ask God to help you commit to building relationships? Yes, God will help us to stay faithful to what He has called us to do, whether we are commencing that faith journey or continuing in it. In closing, I'd like to share a song that God used to start my faith journey in Grace Assembly way back in 2009. It was through this song, Find Us Faithful, that I responded in obedience, in my faith, in God, to step into full-time ministry. And I know that I am not alone in my full-time faith journey. And I know that none of us are alone in any faith journey to do what God has called us to do. So next gen, God is with us. Our family is with us. And our faith community is with us. And the longer I am in this faith journey of serving God full-time, the more careful I am in asking God to help me not to oversteer, not to get complacent, not to hit barriers, and not to come to a complete stop, but to help me to continue staying faithful to what He has called me to do. And even when I think that I've crashed alone, I recall a marshal coming to help me to do something I wouldn't have been able to do myself. I could have been last or even disqualified, but at least I finished on the podium. You know what? God is like that, Marshall. But we must be willing to receive God's help. So as we sing this song together, let us reflect on the words and ask God to speak to you about what is going on in your life right now. May I just invite all of us to stand to our feet? <clears throat> and this will be an unfamiliar song. It was written before I was born. But as we sing this song unto the Lord, ask the Lord, what is something that you have already commenced on 
and you need God's help in? What is something that you need God's help in continuing to do? What are the things that God is calling you to do, to do and to stay faithful in? And whenever you're ready to commit yourself to God again, why don't you sing with me and you ask the Lord to help you wherever you are. Pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road And those who've gone before us line the way Cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary Their lives a stirring testament of God's sustaining grace Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us run the race not only for the prize But as those who've gone before us Let us leave to those behind us The heritage of faithfulness Passed on through godly lives Find us faithful May the fire of our devotion Light their way May the footprints that we leave Lead them to believe And the lives we live Inspire them to obey Oh, may all who come behind us Find us faithful And after all our hopes and dreams Have come and gone And our children sift through all we've left behind May the clues that they discover And the memories they uncover Become the light that leads them To the road we each must find Oh, may all who come behind us Find us faithful May the fire of our devotion Light their way May the footprints that we leave Lead them to believe And the lies we live Inspire them to obey Oh, may all who come behind us Find us faithful May the fire of our devotion Light their way May the footprints that we leave Lead them to believe And the lives we live Inspire them to obey Oh, may all who come behind us Find us faithful
find us faithful. Heavenly Father, we just want to commit ourselves to you fresh and anew. Some of us have started on things, and some of us, you're calling us to continue serving you, doing the thing that you have called us to do. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, that if we are at the beginning of a journey, may we learn to start in obedience. May we learn to start our journey in obedience. And Father, if we are halfway through that journey as we face opposition, as we face obstacles, Father, give us that grace and help us, Lord, to continue this faith journey of serving you wherever we are. Because, Lord, our heart, our cry, Lord, it is to serve you until the very end. That's our worship unto you. That's our worship unto you until the very end. So next gen, why don't we sing this song unto the Lord together and we say, God, I want to worship you until the very end. Worship you, my Lord, until the very end. Worship you, my Lord, until the very end. Let's sing again. Worship you, my Lord, until the very end. Let's sing it again. Worship you, my Lord, until the very end. Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus, a lover of my soul. Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the miry clay you set my feet upon the rock and now i know i love you i need you though my world may fall i'll never let you go my savior friend, I will worship you until the very end. Jesus, lover of my soul, Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the miry clay. 
You set my feet upon the rock, and now I know. Let's worship Him. I love you, Lord. I love you. I need you. Though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. My Savior, my closest friend, I will worship you until the very end. I love you, Lord, and I love you. I need you. Though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. My Savior, my closest friend, I will worship you until the very end. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, next gen, why don't we lift our hands to Him as a sign of our commitment to Him again. And we say, God, I'm going to worship you until the very end. I'm going to serve and stay faithful to you until the very end. I will complete what you have called me to do until the very end, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God. Worship you, Lord. Yeah. 